Alrighty, attempt two. Tommy, are you speaking into the void? Or are you good? We officially do not have a flat line. Alright. Well, thanks for catching it this time. We appreciate it. The week, uh, the, what was it, the week seven podcast? It was probably a rough one for the listeners. Yes. You gotta be a pretty loyal listener to stick through that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, that was... <laughs> We don't. We don't blame. I got a call from. Back. I got a call from the Greyhound CEO. He was pretty pissed. Yeah. Had Reed, you know, he's, he's like, "This is what my money's going towards." Um, alrighty, week eight, halfway or week nine, I guess, halfway through the seventeen-week regular season. Then, of course, got a couple uh, weeks of playoff football. Didn't uh, get a pod in time for the Thursday nighter, but uh, it was kind of a stinker. Jets came back late. Hot seat, Tommy. Uh, Mike White just looks better than Zach Wilson. Does that concern you? Yeah, I wanted I wanted to talk about this. Um, I don't. I mean, yeah, Mike White. The thing between Zach Wilson and Mike White, and I think what I hope Zach Wilson learns from not only Mike White but but Josh Johnson as well, is uh, don't be afraid to check the ball down. I think I think what uh, a lot of what's going on with Zach Wilson is he's forcing a big play on uh, a little too many of his snaps. And a lot of things that Mike White and Josh Johnson both did to keep that Jets offense, I mean, looking the best that it has all year, was keeping the offense going and, uh, you know, being a little bit more conservative. It's not his play style. Yeah, it definitely is not. But you're asking, it, you're asking a kid to change his play style. I mean, I don't know. Not, necess- I, not, not necessarily. I think it's just more I so. think it's the best look for Mike LaFleur, man. That offense looks pretty good when a quarterback who isn't turning the ball over is playing. Um, and I don't even think it's that much of a... I think the whole. I Mike think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous. This whole Zach Wilson thing now. The, oh, yeah. He's, he's, I he's agree. Lose I mean, I don't even like Zach Wilson, but I, I still think it's kind of it's it's been blown completely out of proportion. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what if he can learn from this when he comes back because there is a lot to learn from the experience he's had sitting out and watching guys. Um, Six round or undrafted guys, journeymen like like Johnson and White. And I think Wilson has had an aversion. And I mean, a lot of this goes to this is stuff that was talked about when he was coming out of BYU and his whole throughout his whole draft process to just keep the offense on schedule. And he really does. The throws that Wilson misses are like the easy swing passes to running backs. Like he doesn't miss the, the deep shots. That's not where he's had issues with accuracy. He misses like gimme throws that. Obviously, are concerning, but if he can kind of just like get that part of his game figured out a little bit better and be a little bit more consistent with that, and not be afraid to, you know, just keep the offense on schedule, then I mean, he's going to be doing wonders for himself and for the franchise. So, also just like strange again to bring up the Joe Flacco thing. It's like, were you guys really like not that confident in Mike White? I mean, he goes out there and throws for like 400 yards in his first debut, and then played well last night before getting injured. Like, could you not see that in practice? Why did you feel the need to go? I mean, just ridiculous. Ah, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know how, how they handle that whole situation. But, hey, Mike Pittman. Nice little, yeah. nice little, nice little three-game run we're on here. Color yeah, me shocked. Wanna, Color me shocked. I want to, uh, on the Pittman Crow, on the Pittman Crow topic, um, Adam, I'm, 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 I, have a, I have a proposition for you. Okay. I have a proposition for you. Um. I'll submit that Matt Ryan is better than Sam Darnold today on November 5th, 2000. Now that he's a member of, of the John Gooch squad. I will submit that Matt Ryan is better than Sam Darnold if you submit that they're both in the same category of quarterback of being below average. 
to, to bad, where Matt Ryan is better than Darnold, sure. Head-to-head, Matt Ryan's better. But I would still put them in the same quadrant of quarterback to where if, the, if you switched places, I don't think the team is significantly any worse or better due to them switching places. I think it would be a very marginal difference. Yeah. I think like I think like Matt Ryan is like kind of like the 16th best quarterback, right? He's just like in the middle. Like I don't think you want him, but I don't think he I don't know. I think he's closer to 20. Yeah. I think we I think we put a lot we always kind of say, "Oh, that guy, he's probably like the 15th to 16th." And it's like you really got to, you know, we think say is Kirk, I mean Kirk Cousins is in there. Is he better than uh, Cousins is better than Matt Ryan? I I 100% agree. I think Derek Carr, especially yeah. after this year, is absolutely better than yes. Matt Ryan. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think when you start to talk about those men, you know, Jimmy what about G? James? I, I, I what about still, a healthy Jameis? I I still just Lee. I still fall back on the fact that Matt Ryan has like real accomplishments in the NFL. Yeah, but I mean, I, I still well, he also matters. has like seven years on on Darnold, right? Seven or eight years. So it's like he, he has, yeah, he's but, played way but more I think games. Matt Ryan was was still better than Darnold is at the same point in Darnold's career. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would admit that in a second that Matt Ryan was yeah. better as it stands right now. Though Matt Ryan, I think I was just gonna say Matt Ryan has a certain floor to keep. I mean, I think throwing the ball that Darnold just does not. Yeah, have. I guess the, I guess that's where the floor is lower with Darnold, and I'm not sure how much higher the ceiling is. With Darnold. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's that's fair. I don't know if I'd, I'd totally uh, you know submit to that, but you know, I, I don't think, think uh, I don't think Matt. Ryan I think is at really least good. with Matt Ryan, it's like you kind of know what you're getting each week. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he's still been able to run it a a, a, a I mean, not I don't. They haven't been great, but considering he lost Julio Jones, who he's had his whole career, hasn't had Calvin Ridley all season, and he's he's still you know kind of making it a. a you know, the offense. Well, worked. he hasn't. Calvin he lost Ridley, the head-to-head last week. I mean, Calvin Ridley has just been not really that impactful this year. It's not even yeah, that he hasn't so. had him. He didn't have him for last game. But yeah, Atlanta, I think, is uh, interesting. I mean, we're I mean, we're at the middle of the season now, and big game in New Orleans. I mean, it's a, it's huge. a big game this week. I mean, huge, the, the Falcons. That, that that seven seed in the NFC is going to yeah. be kind of wide open. Well, that's what I was just I about to say. Yeah, a bad team is is probably going to be in that seven spot in the NFC. Yeah, um, it's it's also we, uh, the AFC. Here? I also have one more crow. <laughs> I have one more meal of crow that I want to eat. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but since I disavowed the Tennessee Titans as bad, they're, they've just been like really good. They've they've beaten everybody. Um, I had a, I actually had a lot of confidence the Colts were going to win last week. I was like they always split the season series. The Colts get off to a fourteen nothing start. I feel great. Um, the Titans come roaring back, so I gotta, I gotta apologize to the Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry getting hurt is obviously a big blow. I this think, is a team that I still think they're a fraud. Don't get me wrong, but I, I went overboard after the Jets' loss, and the Titans are going to make the playoffs. They're going to win that division. Um, so at a certain point, that is worth some respect, um, and I have to, I have I, to submit to that. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of, I mean, I kind of should be saying the same thing, Lee, but I also think this is, I think you're a week early. I think the apology comes next week after this Rams game because no. I because I, I really want to see what this Titans offense looks like without without Derrick Henry. Um, and you know, have I you still, seen the rest of their schedule though? Um, is it very easy or 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy. I'm, I'm sure they, well, play the, they play the Texans twice. They play the Jaguars again. Yeah, well, I, I still think... They play the Dolphins, I think. Uh, but I think we're right about the Titans being frauds. I don't, like, I will be betting against the Titans when they're a home playoff, uh, probably yeah. a home playoff dog. I'm, I'm just, just saying, I, th- I, 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 I was kind of, you know, I completely disavowed them as, as any type of threat in the AFC and they're probably going to win their division, which is something that... Yeah, and they you know, beat the Bills and the Chiefs. Who's to say they can't win playoff games? The Bills I mean, did. They, the they, Bills they made scored the, three points they, in the game. They, they the made Bills. a run to the AFC Championship game when they were like a wild card team. I mean, they, they've always kind if of you play that scrapped Bills, their way. If you play that Bills-Titans game ten times, the Bills win that game seven times comfortably, I think. Well, hey. All right. You know, yeah, I probably even eight. I, the Bills controlled that whole game, and obviously, you know. But you got to... I made my hockey. apologies. You don't get seven rounds. I made my apologies, so we can move on. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's let's get to week one or week one game one of week nine. Vikings at the Ravens. This is a super interesting game. Um, Vikings kind of coming off a stinker at home. Should have uh, beaten the Cowboys with Cooper Rush. Uh, we're not able to. Tommy, Tommy, that's just sometimes how it goes with the betting man. Uh, I I I bet the the Cowboys minus two. Uh, you put a money line bet on them, and then the. Prescott things happen and, and you're on the wrong side of it and it still still comes out in our favor. Yeah, well I I fire up chips. Yeah, I mean I regret to inform I haven't done my Twitter update, but I bought out of that ticket. I oh. I, I ate the eighty dollar loss and uh what? To buy out of my my, oh, my, my two gosh. and a half unit ticket. Yeah. I don't regret I it mean, to be honest because I think that was a that. smart thing to do, Tommy. Decision, yeah. Yeah, I mean I had a lot of yeah. I had a good amount of money on the line and uh, I was not gonna I was not gonna go to war with Cooper Rush. Uh, but you know, good on the Cowboys for eking out that win. But also, I think it's a it's a poor reflection on the Vikings. Uh, I guess I could take yeah. the, I'll, I'll take the baton here uh, with the Vikings and the and going to Baltimore. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to think about this game. Baltimore coming off the bye, obviously. I think when you first kind of look at at that and the Viking, you know, recency bias. Baltimore coming off the bye and the Vikings' performance at home to Dallas makes you think that you know Baltimore should. She'd win this one pretty comfortably, but I'm kind of weary of of the Vikings in this spot. I think, like we saw last week, this is a team that will play down to its competition. But I also think the Vikings uh, are going to be able to 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 score on this Ravens defense. Um, I think this is a, a still a live offense that is going to play up in this spot where they're getting six points on the road. Um, the Ravens, you know, obviously I think going to be able to get theirs against the Vikings defense, but. I still think six points were, were flirting with the touchdown here. And this Vikings offense, uh, you know, is is very good. And the Ravens defense, with the ex, uh, exception of the Chargers game, which I was on the wrong side of, obviously, I think has been a an average at best unit. And Justin Jefferson should probably have a bounce back game after only getting four targets, I believe, against the Cowboys. And you still have Thielen and, and Dalvin Cook, who I know the Ravens can, can stop the run and, and still are going to be physical in the trenches. But that's no joke. So... I'm not, you know, rushing to the window to, to back Minnesota here, but I definitely think it's an interesting spot and it could be a potentially good teaser spot or Minnesota team total over. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm so disappointed in the Vikings, man. They're, they've been the same team for the past, like, three years. Um, Danielle Hunter's out for the year, Torres Peck. Um, so what's his name? Wanham. DJ Wanham's going to have a much bigger role. To supply for that team, I think I, I think that simultaneously, I think two things are can be true at once here with the Vikings. I think it can be true that they're not a very good team, 
it can and it can be true that that game against the Cowboys completely just like very similar to last year where it's like every week you give them a chance and it's like they get right to the point where you feel like believing that in them again and then they just do something like losing to the Cowboys when Cooper rushes the quarterback you know in Minnesota um and it just completely dismantles your faith in the team but I also think the other thing that can be true is that you can never like count out the Vikings because they're always going to do that thing where they get you your hopes back up, like beating Baltimore or something like that. So this is a game I'm staying away from. Um, in our pick and pool, I'll probably be taking the six points with the Vikings just because I think it's kind of a lot. And I don't think Baltimore is as good as, as the market uh, says they are. Um, but this is a game I really want no part of. And I, and I just, when I bet on the Vikings, um, it never, ever works in my favor. So I, that's, <laughs> Kirk Cousins I, is a tough guy to put your money on. I bet, I bet yeah. on the Vikings minus four when I got the when the Cooper right when the Cooper Rush news came out because I was like, I'll lay the four with Minnesota at home if Cooper Rush is playing quarterback for the Cowboys. Like, how many points can the Cowboys really score? And it was just something where like I couldn't even be that mad about it. It was just like, wow, this is this is how this is going to go right now. So, yeah, I uh, not not excited about this game particularly. I think the Vikings can win this game and still miss the playoffs. Like I just think they're they're not a reliable yeah. team. I think they need to move on from Zimmer, and I think that Clint Kubiak is one of the worst play callers. When I really hammered down on focusing on that game because I wanted the Vikings to win and seeing the way he called plays and how quick he was to give up on Dalvin Cook and running the ball, I don't know what the stats are, but it was just like, I don't know, man. They, they got to get a little bit more creative. Maybe give Madison the ball a couple times. I don't know, but – but the play calling, it's like that, that seems like a guy who just got his job because he's Gary Kubiak's son. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't and like, their I don't offense like him. Is, is loaded with talent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not a talentless group of players. And the line is playing better. I get Darisaw yeah. was playing well. I know Bradbury was, wasn't playing well, but Darisaw actually looked really good. Darisaw um, looked really good. And, you know, it's like, Ty, man. You know, Tyler Conklin's a nice tight end, too. He's not bad. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's not good. bad. Like, they're, Talk about fire up chips. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then obviously Jefferson and Thielen. I don't know how Jefferson only gets four targets in that game. When you're going up against a Cowboys secondary that obviously has digs, but is not. Also, man. Sorry, Tommy. Yeah, it was just, it's just a beatable secondary. The Cowboys, man, so impressive. Yeah. It's almost like I feel like the Cowboys proved a lot in that game in terms of rallying around Cooper Rush as a team. And making the defense making that game as winnable as it was for him. And I know he made the throws he needed to make, but it's almost like I feel like if Dak plays that game, it's like a closer game. Like I, I don't know if that's like a weird thing to say, but the Cowboys really rallied in that game. And I think they really played with the chip on their shoulder. And the Vikings were kind of expecting to have a little bit of a cushion with Rush playing, and there was nothing there for them to to lean on. And I love the formations they came out in and the different thing, different things they did on offense, and obviously their defense taking care of business. Micah Parsons is like a is an yeah. animal. I was just that about guy, to say that guy should have been a top five pick if we're st- standing where we're at right now. Like he was a steal yeah. at eleven. The Lions should have drafted that guy. I mean he's he's a superstar. Um, so yeah, it was so super fun to watch him play too. I, I I think this Cowboys team, like if they're healthy, they're shaping up to be a pretty impressive. I group. think too. I mean the Cowboys to me are what you want to try and build in the modern NFL, like a high flying offense and a defense. That's maybe not the best, but it's feisty. Mm-hmm. They, they play really fast. Um, and so it's, I mean, it's, it's such a market difference from, from last year too. We'll get to the, the Cowboys a little bit later. Um, Patriots and Panthers. 
This is an interesting game, Lee. I kind of have a feeling you're going to be on the Patriots here. Yeah, that's, that's a, you're on the Faye Darnold trade. Train. <laughs> that's yeah. an interesting. Well, I've been on the Patriots the past two weeks uh, with against the Jets and against the Chargers. I was fortunate enough to have the foresight to put the Patriots season win total over in before the Jets game, which I feel great about. This this almost like I I want to get some guidance from you guys because this line seems too obvious. You've got an injured Darnold who may or may not be playing. Um, so PJ Walker could be the quarterback. You got a Patriots team that is coming into form right now, um, and a Panthers team that's kind of going in the opposite direction. Um, this seems too obvious to me. That's why I haven't played it yet. And the numbers come down a tiny bit. It went up to four, and now I'm seeing three and a half minus one hundred five on DraftKings. The minute this number goes down to three, I'm going to take a bite out of the Patriots here. But as of right now, I don't have a position on it. But absolutely, I'm I'm leaning Patriots here. I think you're getting the better coach. You're getting the better quarterback. Um, you're getting a team with more to play for. Mac Jones, man, super impressive the past couple weeks. I mean, specifically last week against the Chargers. I know Jamar Chase has been incredible, but Tommy, if there truly is a quarterback bias with Offensive Rookie of the Year, you can shop around and get Mac Jones at like 5-1 to right now. Yeah, I think if he keeps playing the way he's playing, that might be a closer conversation than we think come at the end of the season. I think he he could – I think the bias is going to come in if the Patriots make the playoffs – which I think seems kind of more than likely maybe right now, um, then it's, it's surely going to be a conversation. We'll have to see where the Bengals go from here. Yeah, Lee, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think, I think people potentially could just be overthinking it. Um, and I'm not gung-ho to back the Patriots here because I might be in that group of people overthinking it. But I think you can't say the Panthers don't have anything to play for, man, because they just beat the Falcons last week. They're, that NFC wildcard race is live. They are 100% as live for a playoff spot as the Patriots are. Um, the defense is still good. Obviously, we got a 40 total here. Um, Low-scoring game. You know, I, I agree with you. I, I think I still probably would take the Patriots at, at three and a half. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I think – and, you know, what are the chances that if P.J. Walker plays – and honestly, maybe it's just my Darnold bias, but, like, what is the difference between P.J. Walker and Sam Darnold? Or what should the difference be between P.J. Walker and Sam Darnold? Uh, on this game so you know both defenses are are good I think there's a big coaching advantage with New England I think there's a quarterback advantage with New England and um you know I I I guess people I think that it's just the hook probably three and a half they think this is going to be a field goal game three-point game close low scoring game uh with between good defenses and still a Joe Brady led offense on the other end so I don't know man I like the Patriots yeah, um, I like yeah. the Patriots I, to cover, man. I I don't think Philip. I mean, you know, what is Philip Walker? PJ Walker, right? Is PJ it, yeah. Philip. I think um, it is. He played against the Lions last year, and the Lions are one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And he did fine, but he still uh, made a couple mistakes. I I don't think you know he's that different than Darnold. Um, in all honesty, he's mobile, but I mean Darnold is too. So either way, um, it's a Belichick defense against a yeah, it's a below average to bad quarterback. Yep. So. Although the Patriots have some the Patriots have some issues in the secondary right now too, but I mean they they played well against the the Chargers. Um, let's go on to the Browns and Bengals. A lot of a uh, lot of drama in Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. Yes, Lee. Yes, Lee. Yes, sir. I know I walked it back a little bit, but when I was saying when Tommy and I were getting heated in the AFC North preview, and I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm right, but I said if this is a team that's 500. Halfway through the season, some personalities can come out and think, and the you know what can start hitting the fan, and that is exactly what's happening in Cleveland. 
Odell Beckham now cut from the roster. They don't even deem him or render him worthwhile enough to keep around. His dad's posting videos of Baker Mayfield passing him up. I don't know what the relationship is with those two guys. Obviously, it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, I still totally think the Browns can – I think they're well-coached enough and they have enough talent to still make a push for a playoff spot. But this is a huge game for them. And if they go under 500 and the Bengals can now have a two-game lead on them while the Ravens, even if they lose, will have a one-and-a-half game lead on them. And the Steelers are – they look decent. They're playing a Bears team at home in prime time. The Browns time. are in last in the AFC. The Browns are in last yeah. right now. And, and the you-know-what's hitting the fans. So we're going to have to start seeing some serious improvement from the Cleveland Browns if they want to – reach that 10-game win total, 9.5 win total, whatever it was. And if they don't win this week, man, it could be panic mode in Cleveland. Um, With all that being said, I'm going to take the Browns here. I'm going to take the Browns on the money line um, in Cincinnati. And I think it's a phenomenal – this will be the first leg of my teaser. Um, I actually – I'm going to cheat a little bit. And uh, I did make this teaser. You're going to have to take my word for it. It was Colts. From 10 down to minus 4. So I got the first leg of it. And the next two legs are Browns plus 8.5. And, and I'll give out the other one when we get to that game. But I like this the Browns a lot in this spot. I think if they lose, they lose close. So I'll take a money line and tease them up to 8.5. Yeah, I mean, I can't bet the, the Bengals to save my life. I, I bet against them at the beginning of the season. And then I bet on them last week and they screw me. So I'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole in terms of uh, my hard-earned cash on it. But... Yeah, like you said, Lee, uh, this is like a kind of a must-win for the Browns. I would say, like, obviously it would be panic mode for this year if they lost. I still think that if you're a Browns fan, you should be somewhat confident in just the direction that your team is heading. And I think it could be a situation where maybe they overperformed a little bit last year and, and they're kind of coming back down to earth this year and just they need to slowly build up back a little bit. Uh, I do think you need to... Think about Baker Mayfield long and hard. Um, I mean, that's not a guy I'm going to give. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to pay Baker Mayfield over twenty five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like I, I understand that you know quarterback, you know salaries are inflated, but uh, he's simply not a guy that I'm going to be giving big money to. You don't want to be in a situation like Minnesota is, where they're paying. Kirk, I mean, Kirk Cousins what getting like thirty million. Something like that to, to yeah, be it's probably better than Baker too, to be honest. Yeah, but but still, and and it's like I'm not I'm not paying Baker, you know, probably what he wants to be paid. So, and and honestly, even if you pay Baker twenty million dollars, I don't know if you're still going to have a chance to to win a Super Bowl. So, they need to think long and hard about what they're doing at the quarterback position. You know, maybe they're a place Aaron Rodgers wants to go to after this season. Um, not to mm. get too speculative, but yeah. That you know that could be a, a possibility. I think I at this point I do think they need to look elsewhere. I, I will say that I, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not thinking that he's going to be the answer long term. Yeah, I think right now as it stands, without any speculation on draft or, or free agency moves upcoming, I think you. I think the play is speaking of Kirk Cousins is just the franchise Baker for at least a year because I think they're going to be the Browns are going to finish probably in that. You know, at the very least, they missed the playoffs, but are still. Well, I still think they have the fifth year option, right? Yes, the fifth year option. option. The fifth year option is this year, but they have they done that already? Because that happened. I think. I mean, I'm not. I'm not totally sure. I'd have to look that up. But at the same time, too, it could be a situation where he wants a new deal. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I completely agree play, with you. But... They should he should not be getting a market setting contract or what Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson um, are going to get from his class. Like that's not that's not realistic. That's not going to be on the table for him. Um, you know, with my Browns, with me treating my my AFC North Browns tickets as dead, I, I for me to reflect on it. Um, you know, I, I, I still think that this is a really good, really well-coached team, and this team is in, going in the right direction, and I love their draft and the young talent they have and their defense, and I still really agree with my process. But, you know, it does come down ultimately a lot to, to Baker Mayfield, and, you know, this team has had – they have had a really hard schedule in retrospect when you look through it now, playing Arizona's, playing, you know, the Chargers. That was a, a good game, and, you know, the Chiefs obviously have, have you know, lost some games and, and all that, but – I think this is a good spot to back the Browns against the Bengals. I really, I really wish that the Bengals didn't lose to the Jets, and this game probably would have been at three or a little bit above three. Um, but I still think with the Browns, you're getting a better coach, a better defense, um, a better team, and but you're going to have to go up against a Cincinnati Bengals offense that is that is really hot right now, and um, you know is coming off a, a bad loss at home, and this is a division game. But I think you're getting the better team in the Browns as a dog. Uh, so I, I'm gonna, I agree with both of you. I want to shout into the void for one second too about like all the stuff I'm seeing media-wise. Like I just want to make it clear on the record, Odell Beckham is not nearly as good as people think he is either. Like if you just look at the games he played for Cleveland this year, sure, I will readily admit that Baker missed him on some open routes where he ran a good route and it could have been a good play. Great. That happens every single game to a lot of different receivers. These receivers are divas. They want the ball. Odell has dropped some easy passes that were monumental to the outcome of the game. And he, quite frankly, no one can make the argument he's the same player he was when the trade was made. Um, also, if you take into account the, the detriment he is to a locker room, like the proof is in the pudding. I don't care what anybody says. The New York Giants had the best young receiver in the league, and they traded him to Cleveland because of the same reason why Cleveland just cut him. Uh, he's now on the wrong side of his 20s, turning 30 soon. It'll be interesting. I think he can have a somewhat of a career resurgence. But to say that Odell Beckham, like, I'm seeing these people in the media point the finger at Baker, like, this is your fault. Odell's gone. Odell isn't good. He, he's, he, he, you can make an argument that he was the second or third best receiver on Cleveland. Like, I, I don't think that these people, like, sure, Baker deserves blame, but Odell hasn't been good for, like, three years. So... I just want to make that clear. Like, it's not like some superstar receiver is getting cut because all it's all Baker's fault. It's like he clearly isn't performing to the level that he should be performing. And I feel like no one's really acknowledging that. Everyone's just blaming it on Baker. I don't think Baker's very good, but I don't really think Odell is very good either. So I guess we'll see like how how that all goes. But the guy's been overrated for like a half decade now. He surely is overrated, but he is still getting open and doing. But you're. But I can't disagree with what you said about. Those slants and those stuff that he used to take to the house, he's dropping the vast majority of them and, and can't really catch through contact. And, you know, he's, he's definitely overrated, but I do think he's still I just, a talent. I, I, I can't stand the ego. A guy looks in the mirror yeah. and he thinks he's 24 years old. It's like, bro, you haven't done anything significant in like four years. And you can't blame that all on Baker. You know, like, I just think at a certain point, there needs to be some, some uh, taking responsibility for your output as a player. And I feel like no one in the media is doing that either. Everyone is blaming Baker. Um, you know, so. That was a good I point. Just, I like that yeah. little. That was a good Thanks. diatribe. Uh, we talked about the Cowboys a little bit already. They're playing the Broncos at home. Uh, minus 10 at home to the Broncos. 
The Broncos just traded Von Miller. Pretty uh, pretty monumental trade, right? Like getting rid of a guy like that who's just been the face of their franchise um, for, for a while now was basically uh, inst- you know, instrumental in, in winning that Super Bowl. Shout out Tommy MVP ticket yep. for Von Miller. Um, was just uh, kind of an end of an era a little bit. Just uh, crazy to uh, – it will be weird to see him not in a, in a Broncos uniform. Um, I think the Cowboys – win this game pretty uh pretty easily i don't know the broncos are just uh they they like i think like we said in the beginning of the year they'll beat bad teams and they're going to lose the teams they should lose to i don't see them really playing up uh in this one yeah i'm with you club if dak prescott plays this game i just don't really see um i mean i guess you know it's the nfl so anyone can play up but the broncos have to play up pretty hard to cut to 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 stay within this number. I think the Cowboys offense is just going to be able to score points. And at a certain point, the Broncos offense, I mean, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is very good. I, I think they have trouble uh, moving the ball vertically. And I think that last week, the win they had against Washington is like an ideal Broncos win. It's like playing yeah. a team that's similarly skilled to At you home. and you just kind of like mash <laughs> all game and win the game 14 or 17 to 14 or whatever it was. And that's, that's how Fangio of, wants to play football. Yeah, and when you try to go into Dallas and do that, I think they're going to put some points up on you. I'm staying away from this one from a gambling standpoint just yeah. because it's a little bit too much and the Broncos' defense is still kind of feisty. Uh, the Cowboys, I think are, people are a little bit above market on them just because of the win in Minnesota without Dak and Dak now coming back. But if I had to play it, I, I'd be on the Cowboys. Yeah, it's a stay away for me too, but I, I think the Broncos are the side here just because I think it's too many points. I made it seven and a half, eight. I, I just think... I still think this Broncos defense is good, and I still maybe I just continually am, am underrating this Cowboys defense. But I still think with the receiving weapons that the Broncos have, and you know a solid offense, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, and then Judy and Sutton, and a good tight end and Fant and Bridgewater who can not turn the ball over and maybe keep them on schedule. I think they're going to be able to score some points. So ultimately, hey, Tommy, how are you? How are you feeling about the Cowboys? Like overall, I, th- I mean, they're well in control of their division. They have, I think, they have more than a good shot to get a one seed, even potentially. Um, yeah, I mean, they're in that hunt. I mean, are you feeling like this is a team that could uh, get one for Jerry before he uh, croaks? They're surely going to have a chance to, but I still think when you're talking about the Rams, Green Bay, and Tampa's of the world, I still have, I still have Dallas behind them. I'd say, um, give me that rematch, boy. Give me that rematch. Yeah, I just give me that rematch. I still don't know if I if I like McCarthy having McCarthy on my side in the playoff game. I just think that's really where the big disparity comes from. I think he still has made some questionable moments and wins, and they've just turned into wins. Whereas last year, those questionable moments were turning into losses. And the Chargers think, game was so funny when he just pulled up from like fifty-seven with uh, Greg Belay. <laughs> I see. He just—he's still exactly. He has those just WTF moments that, you know. I think Dan Quinn is doing a great job with the defense. I think Callum Moore is doing an unbelievable job with the offense, and he probably will be gone after this year, which I think sucks. But, um, I mean, yeah, this—they're going to have a great, great chance this year. They—they they can beat any of Green Bay, Tampa, or the, or the Rams, you know. But they have the talent to do it. But I just think there's a coaching disparity there. But I—I I mean, overall, yeah. I mean, they're. This is the best the Cowboys have looked since that 2016 uh, season. The uh, Bills going to play the Jags in Jacksonville. I think uh, I'm going to admit that betting the Jags plus three in Seattle was probably like the worst bet of my life. Just like overall, just uh, a horrible decision. Just a, a bad decision. So 
Well, yeah. it just goes to show you that coaching matters, you know? Yeah. You, want to, you want me to raise you five, Adam? Yeah, sure. I was having a great Sunday, and I didn't bet the Jags, and I took them live plus 16 and a half at halftime when they were down 17. And, and I was like, oh. This is also, I wanted to say, like, live betting is just never a good idea unless you're betting a major underdog. That's the only way it makes it. If you're betting a team who, like in college football, a team will go down 14 or something, and it's early and you're getting them like 8 to 1 on the money line. That's a good example of a live bet. Betting the Jags plus 16 and a half <laughs> down 17 at halftime is not is is an example of of how you lose money live betting. So, I just wanted to share that. Really thought table. Urban was going to cook something up in the locker room. I just thought yeah. there'd be some second half regression from the Seahawks. Maybe they'd want to get out of there. I don't know. Maybe one touchdown from Jacksonville. I don't think I don't, uh, I don't think that's a bad bet, man. I think, you know, I mean, obviously, Tommy, aren't you like over a million on your lives this year? I no, I did. I hit a. I feel like I hit a live recently. Um, the Bills, Bills first half against the Titans. I that's that was my last live that I hit. Um, I, I and also Elijah Moore over two and a half receptions last night. I was it was staring me in the face, and and he went on to get and I missed it, and he got two catches and a touchdown on that drive. But anyway, uh, yeah. I, I love the Bills' first half here, and I probably would lay the 14 with the Bills going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a, a team that has potentially a bright future, but Urban Meyer is a dud coach, and the team sucks. This is an awful team, and the Bills are I, the best team in the AFC, and they could be the best team in the NFL. I think you know this is a team that I think is going to come out of the AFC right now. If you had to, if you had to ask me, I think the market kind of agrees. Um, really good coach, really good offense, really good defense. And Bills minus seven first half, I think, is a great look that I will be indulging in. All right. the brings us to the Texans going and uh, playing the Dolphins. Well, uh, so, Lee, I'll, I'll hand it over to you, I guess, here, because you have a little something to say. Oh, yeah. Well, I just wanted to talk a little freely about the Davis Mills experiment, so to speak, and how, I don't know, I couldn't help but just think watching Davis Mills like, this is really good for him. This is like really good for Davis Mills. And if I'm the text, like I know Davis Mills hasn't necessarily looked great, but he's looked pretty good. And you kind of like know what you have now, at least from, you know what you're getting on any given Sunday with David Davis Mills. And you kind of know how he's developing. And I'm just thinking like, I relate it to the Lions. And like, I feel like the season's a waste for the Lions. And Jared Goff is your quarterback. There's no reason they shouldn't be trying out a younger quarterback to see what he has. Um, and I know you're, you guys will probably roll your eyes, but like a guy like Jacob Eason, like picking a guy like that up off of waivers and starting him, like why would you not rather do that than start Jared Goff if you're that much against the wall? Jared Goff is terrible. You're losing every game. You're probably going to lose every game regardless. Why not try out a younger guy, take a shot on him, give him live reps, that his value will appreciate if he's not terrible and then store him away, maybe trade him, maybe see what you can. We don't know how good the quarterback class is going to be. I've just been thinking about like, to me, it's, I like what the Texans are doing, even if they're not intentionally doing it, like giving Davis Mills these reps that he probably like shouldn't be getting. I think they're gaining some insight from that. I think Davis Mills is learning from that. I think he's, he's, his development is improving because of this situation and I just think that it should kind of be a team should take mental note. Uh, like I think Jared Goff, like I said, is a great example where like if you're already up against it, you should try out some other guys. You should see, you know, 
kind of what's out there on the market with some younger quarterbacks. Um, because some of these guys, you know, I, I'm not even a huge Mike White guy or whatever, but it's like the guy comes out off the bench and throws for 400 yards, and it's like some of these guys are a little bit better than we think, and, you know, they can be more competitive than we think, and it's like who's to say the Lions wouldn't be better off if Jacob Eason was their starter all year than Jared Goff? They're not gonna. They're not gonna lose any, or they're not. Maybe they'll win one less game. But like, if Eason and Eason, I'm just using Eason, Eason as an example. It's almost just like plug in any younger quarterback who's kind of. How about you know, Will Greer? Will Greer, or you know, had they drafted maybe a guy that's you know we liked in the fourth or fifth round, yeah. someone like I, you know, I just think that there's there's Jamie room Newman. for that. You were a big fan of him, right? Yeah, no, that was a Tommy guy. Um, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a good I think that's a good point, Lee. I, I, yeah, yeah, thanks, I agree. Tommy. I agree. I just think it's like throw them throw them to the wolves. Like, what's the downside, kind of? I guess. And it anyway. also, you know, like why the Lions, uh, you know, if they were to draft a guy like Kellen Mond in the third round, like it would have been yep. a great. You know, obviously we've been talking about the field should have been the pick for six months now or whatever it is. But if they were to draft a guy that, if you don't have a quarterback, like, and this is kind of like an analytics take, but I I agree with it. Like, if you don't have a quarterback, you always should be swinging. At, at some point, and always Absolutely. be always be trying. And then uh, it's like out. Davis Mills looks good. Let's say he looks a little bit better than he looked, and it's like, wow, this guy—he's twenty-three or twenty-two. If we can get some more supporting cast around him, maybe he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And then you take a Kayvon Thibodeau with the number one pick because you're not super comfortable with the quarterback class this year, and you have a guy who you can lean on a little bit. And if it doesn't work out, you'll probably have a high pick next year, and you can reevaluate the position next year. But I just think that I really like kind of what the Davis Mills experiment has kind of brought out for the Texans. And I think that – I just think that they gained a lot from it. And I uh, I think it will be interesting to kind of chart how his career goes for at least the next couple of years to see kind of what what the output is there. He's also a guy who, I mean, probably needs reps, right? Because, I mean, he, yep. he didn't really have a season last year and uh, didn't play a ton of games at Stanford. So any do we want to say anything about this game? That's yeah, kind I – I like the Texans in the spot with Terod coming back. Obviously, I liked it more when it was plus seven. I didn't. I didn't fire on it, and I probably won't just because these are two bad teams. But I think the Texans. This is this is too many points for Terod Taylor, who showed to be competent throughout the. Uh, Tua you know, might the, be out too. Yeah, Tua has a finger issue, so even if he plays, Which he's isn't isn't good. Or, I'd rather bet on the, the the Texans with Tua playing. Yeah, I mean six is just too many points. These are two really bad teams. I think. And, you know, a lot of people in the media are talking about this now, and I think it's true, man. I mean, and I guess I was the highest on the Dolphins compared to you guys. I thought they had a higher upside than the Patriots just because of their offensive weapons. And, you know, I, I still thought Tua could kind of give them a little bit more of a ceiling. But this team has been really, really bad um, this year. And, you know, Brian Flores has been anointed as a, a guy that we all liked and was doing the right thing in, in Miami. And I think it's just interesting. I don't know, you know, how much stock you should put into this year, but – Miami is just, you know, things have gone from bad to, to worse with them. And, uh, and that 2020 first round is looking worse and worse with each day that goes by. So bad. Um, you know, Tua, Austin Jackson, see. and Noah Egg, man. And oh. Robert Hunt, right? Isn't that? And that was a second round pick, right? Oh, yeah. Tua, Austin Jackson, and Noah Egg. And, th- and those yeah. were kind of head scratching picks. Not Tua, I guess, but the yeah. other ones were head scratching picks when yes. they were made. And it was almost like, well, I guess they know what they're doing. But in reality, they it kind of was exactly well, and there what se- we thought it there was. There seemed to be some truth. I don't know if you guys remember the, all the Herbert to the Dolphins rumors that came out pre-draft. 
I mean, I saw earlier this year that supposedly it was Fl- Flores wanted Herbert and Greer wanted Tua, or the front office and ownership wanted Tua. Mm. And you know, you don't know what that does, kind of like to a, you know a rift between. I'm not. I'm not saying there's a rift there, but it just goes to well, show. Well, yeah, but then the whole thing of like them literally just like flirting with Deshaun Watson now yeah. for like eight months. Yeah. No, right. And I mean, not that any of us are, are Tua guys necessarily, but like that can't be no, like, easy to no. deal with. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, Falcons and Saints, we kind of talked about this one a little bit before. Very interesting game. Saints, huge win at home, but now dealing with Trevor Simeon, who actually played decently against Taysom, the Bucks. Taysom Hill, too, coming back. Yeah, I don't know if Taysom Hill's – he's Sim- not starting, though. Simeon was announced the starter today. Simeon starting. Oh, yeah. really? So, yeah. So, uh, I'm just going to take up. a big bite out of the, out of the Falcons. I will, him. man. I'm the resident Falcons hater. You're going to give me seven in this game. He's got to. He's got to hedge that that win bet. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, I feel pretty good about the win bet. I think the Falcons are going to end up going probably a game under 500 the rest of the way out, um, which will which will get me to the window. Um, yeah, I'll take the six and a half with Trevor Simeon starting for the Saints. I think the Saints kind of caught lightning in a bottle last week defensively. Um, I liked them against Tampa. I'll pat myself on the back for that one. I, I think that the Saints just presented some issues for Tampa that they weren't expecting. I think the Saints really came up for that game. Um, Falcons play everybody close, man. I think that this game will be close in the fourth quarter. It's a divisional matchup. Um, so, yeah, you're going to give me seven with the Falcons. I'll take it. I'm not going to bet it. Is it, it seven but, uh, now? I, I'm seeing six. Am I am I missing something? I saw uh, seven. I'm seeing six right now. Six on Fox that we're looking. Either way, it's six and a half. Either either yeah. way, it's Falcons or pass for me. I, I can't I can't imagine going and backing the Saints, or even te- I, you know no part of me wants them in a teaser. Um, I think Lee, the, the the Jameis thing is kind of like the worst case scenario because he's like ne- didn't necessarily like blow the doors off you this year, but didn't necessarily also like play horribly, and now he's injured. Like, what do you guys think the Saints do? I think you got to you just uh, stick with him. I think you got to draft another quarterback. I, I think, I think Jameis. Oh man, yeah, I, I like I love dude and Jameis dancing on crutches after that game was like one of the best things I've ever seen. Like I, I dude, he has no weapons, man. He does have no weapons, but I don't think the off. He's not a good fit for the offense. The offense, he. They need someone like a Breeze or someone who's a little bit more of a game manager and can kind of op. Jameis. You need Jameis to be aggressive, and I think kind of play on those, you know, the margins of, of the high end and, and I guess low end of him making turnover worthy plays. I just don't think he's a guy that I want to be giving, you know, pain to to be my quarterback in New Orleans when this is a, a you know a draft class where I think Sean. I think if anything, this year uh, has been proved to me it's that Sean Payton, you know, is a really good head coach and a really a really great offensive mind and. You have Michael Thomas out for the year. He'll be coming back next year for whatever that's worth. I would attack the quarterback. He's class. not going to play another game in that uniform. I just don't know. I mean, I don't. Their cap situation is is brutal, and, and they gave Michael Thomas a bunch of money. I don't know how much dead cap they're going to have to eat in order to get off of Michael Thomas. I mean, that, there was a report about that. That's why I wasn't surprised at all when Michael Thomas said there was a quote unquote setback. I'm not saying he's a liar, but there were reports this off season from people within Michael Thomas's camp that have leaked where he said he never wants to play another game for the Saints. So I don't yeah. think that he's going to play again for the Saints. Yeah, maybe he won't. There's Either, too I, much of a rift. There was some medical stuff that almost similar to the Eichel thing. Yeah. That I think just completely soured the relationship between him and the organization. 
And I think that that was basically that. I don't well, think he's going to play. Well, again. last year he he hurt his ankle in in week one and was out for however long. And then they they forced not forced him, but they really pressured him to come back for for Breeze's last um, you know last go at it. And he further and the ankle, so he played on a hurt ankle for the lat the latter half into the playoffs of of last year. And then obviously avoided surgery till June. And this has been all pushed out. But there's definitely some tension there. Uh, but I I honestly was just going to say in this quarterback class. I, I think the Saints are in a great position to take kind of a toolsy project quarterback. And I would, I would you know, with whatever pick they have in the first round, whether that's a Desmond Ritter or, you know, someone like that who has some mobility. Uh, what's, you don't like Desmond? No, I don't like Desmond. <laughs> anyway, I think it's, I you know. Lee likes JT Daniels, who Connor told me has been benched. He's not been benched. He got injured, and they don't. Georgia doesn't. I could play quarterback for Georgia, and they go to the playoff. They're the best defense (laughs) in the history of college football. Connor told me he was benched. That's Connor's. I think insert. That's classic Connor lingo, where like he's 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 not wrong, but he also isn't giving enough information. (laughs) Um, Shall we? uh, Shall we move on here? Uh, Yeah. Raiders, man. Somehow in first place in the AFC West amid everything that, is, that has happened to them this season. Um, obviously Gruden and then the, the, the horrible news with, with Ruggs earlier this week. Minus three going to New York. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> if the Raiders like lost every game for the rest of the year, like I wouldn't blame them. Like It's just like crazy the stuff that they've had to deal with off the field. I'm interested to see kind of how they continue to respond because so far the Gruden departure um, hasn't affected them in the win-loss column. Uh, now kind of losing one of your you know young foundational pieces to that type of situation is just uh, hard to deal with, I guess. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I, I like them to win here, but still just like wonder maybe we talked about even the Chiefs with the whole Andy Reid Britt Reid situation maybe still kind of hanging over them a little bit like you got to wonder at what point did these things just add up to too much yeah those factors make it kind of a stay away from me but if you're just look if you're just kind of looking at the these teams and the number this is a smash for the Raiders I think um and seeing how they responded after the Gruden thing against Denver when in, in which they were underdog it makes me think, you know, that that Derek Carr is seems to be a really, really good guy and a good leader and has a, a nice control on this team. And they seem to be a team that's responded well to adversity. Um, but all all those things said, I just I can't I can't back this team on the road just because of like you said, Clef. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just had a dud performance because you know it's either going to galvanize them or it's going to you know just hang over their head. And that's what happened with Gruden. We'll see how they react to this Rugs things but, thing, but. It's just uh, it's it's a tough spot to to go to the window back in the Raiders with all that's going on. Yeah, this this uh, whole situation has made me just that much more of a Derek Carr fan. Really likable guy. Yeah. Um, I love the Giants in this spot. I absolutely love the Giants. I'll take the Giants plus one fifty on the money line. I'll take the Giants plus three and a half. I think this is a great come down spot for the Raiders. The Giants are at home. The Giants have been playing good football recently, man. And I don't want to. I mean. The, the Raiders, the Raiders since the Gruden firing, have beaten the Broncos and the Eagles. I'm not going to give them like some yeah. credence that they're now this juggernaut. That you know, I think that this is a stinky line. If you're a Raiders backer, they should be a bigger favorite if you like them that much. Um, I think if you can get three in the hook, which I'm seeing on FanDuel, I like that a lot with the Giants, and I will be placing a wager on the Giants money line this weekend. 
plus 150 um, at home. I just think that this is a feisty Giants team kind of coming into form a little bit. Judge coaching for his job. Uh, I like the way this team has rounded form the past couple weeks with Saquon being out with all the, the rash of injuries they've had at receiver. I think Daniel Jones is playing relatively well. Um, and I think the Raiders are this – is, this is a letdown spot. The Raiders have some tough games coming up on their schedule. I think they come down to earth a little bit um, as the season goes on here. Chargers going to the Eagles. This is uh, is this the certified BJP retire retirement game here? This I mean, is my they, favorite play of the season. I, I I'm close to uh, agreeing with you there. Um, this yeah. is my favorite play of the season. I mean, uh, I really liked the the Vikings week one, <laughs> but that did not go well. Um, Chargers this is minus my two. Play. Yeah, I mean, uh, last week we were on the Niners. Now we're on the Chargers. I, yep. I'm more confident in the Chargers now that, that you're on it, Lee, because you've kind of been hesitant to embrace. Yeah. I I have not liked the Chargers. I've, I have a Chargers season under ticket. Um, I bet the Patriots against the Chargers. I have been anti-Chargers. Um, took the Cowboys against the Chargers, too. I, I've been against the Chargers. I think this is a beautiful spot to back the Chargers, coming off a bad loss after the bye. I know it's a travel spot, Tommy. You get you get all but it's an afternoon your, game. It's an afternoon with your travel game. spots. I think this is a great bounce back spot for the Chargers. The Eagles are coming off a win in which they scored forty one points against the Lions, but somehow Jalen Hurts didn't throw for a touchdown. Um, that was a you know it was it was the JV versus the varsity basically last week at Ford Field. Um, I think that I think the Eagles come back down to earth in this game. I think the Chargers win this game by two possessions or more, man. I think this I think this game is going to be a quasi blowout. I don't think the Eagles are a very good team. I think Staley is going to cook up some things that are going to force Jalen Hurts to pass the ball proficiently. And I know obviously he's going to be able to improvise and make plays uh, off schedule, which is something he's going to be able to do every week. But if the Chargers can kind of curb that a little bit, um, if Bosa can get some pressure on him. I think that the Chargers will run away with this one, considering the fact that I think they're just going to be able to move the ball. I don't get this line. I don't know what I'm yeah. missing. I, um, I kind of agree. Yeah, it, it seems that, uh, at least if I'm following Adam Chernoff, he says that the Eagles have been have had serious money come on them the past since the Bucks game. That there's been serious players who move lines in Vegas, who or a group, a lot of money going on the Eagles. And and I guess my retort to that would be, I mean, now you got the Eagles under, you know, uh, a field goal at home to a Chargers team who, you know, I, I agree with you guys. I think this is a great. Are they vibe. doing that to then hammer the Chargers? I mean, who, who knows? I think, but but something that something that he said is all this money has come in on the on the Eagles, you know, the day of the game or or on Saturday, and and not it hasn't been support throughout the week. It's been like late support on the Eagles in the past four weeks. And this is definitely the lowest the Eagles, the lowest, uh, you know, the Eagles have been dogs. I mean, I guess they were minus three uh, in Detroit last week, but definitely it seems to be a, a, a buy low spot on the Chargers and kind of a sell highish spot on the Eagles. Um, I obviously have that Eagles under six and a half ticket, which I think I'm probably going to have to sweat out, but this is going to be a big uh, loss for them if I can get the Chargers here. So yeah, I played the Chargers already. Uh, I know Leah's too, so... I think this is a good point. I've played this is the most I've put on on one team. This is I'm I'm invested in the Chargers as much as as much as I've been invested on anybody all year. So just just a little food for thought there, I guess. 
And also, um, uh, yeah, go ahead, Tommy. Well, I just was going to say, um, and Adam, I think maybe you can chip in here too, and, and Lee too, I guess. Uh, I mean, we both, Adam and you and I were both on the Chargers last week, right? And then Lee, Lee on New England. Yeah. Um, I was, I was in them in a, in a parlay. I didn't bet them uh, straight up. Yeah, I had them in a tease, so basically just a money line. But then, I mean, we bet, we both bet them against the Ravens. Yep. So, yeah, that so did not go well. we've been on the wrong side of the Chargers the past, I guess that's the past two games they've played, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously, Herbert is, has, is not playing as well as he was at the beginning of the season. Seemed to be some of the, the magic wash-off of, of him. Um, There's only one thing I'm worried about, and that's the Shane Steichen revenge game. <laughs> Shane Steichen is one of my favorite assistant coaches in the NFL. He's the offensive yep. coordinator of the, of the Eagles. Used to be the offensive coordinator of the Chargers last year. There may be a thing or two he knows yep. about Justin Herbert and company that could lead to some issues for LA. But I don't know, man. When you I, look this at Chargers the, team, yeah. When you just look, match up the the offenses versus the defense. Like the Phillies' defense is not very good. Um, going up against that Chargers well, offense, you know, I just have and a just hard to time. be. To be very basic about it, this is the last thing I'll say about it. Philly has three wins this year, and their wins have come against Atlanta, uh, Carolina, and Detroit. And those three teams are all clearly worse than the Chargers. When the Eagles have played a team that is in the category that I would compare to the Chargers, like the Raiders, or like, say, the Cowboys, or the 49ers, they've lost. And I think the Chargers are in that category of team. I, you know, I've said enough about the game. I like the Chargers a lot. Um, Mike, yeah, big, this, is the fir- this is my first time backing the Chargers all season. So Big big Mike um, Williams game for the Yaps. After he's yep. been a little quiet, this is going to be a big Mike Williams two-touchdown game, I think. I'm going to, uh, this is where I'm going to throw in my uh, my little Lions question. Since yep. they're on the bye this week, they played the Eagles last week. Um, at what point, like, should we be criticizing, like, the decisions that Dan Campbell makes, like, in-game? I know the season doesn't matter, but just for example, last week they're down 17 to nothing. There's 12 seconds left in the half, and they're at the 20-yard line, and they go for it on fourth and inches and don't get it. Stupid. And it's just like even if you get the first down there, you're not going to have time to run another play, and you're going to kick the field goal anyway. Like it's just like it's a it's a it's just it's a dumb decision. And I understand you're losing 17 to nothing or, or whatever. But, like, what are you getting out of that one-fourth and inches play that, like, values getting the game back to a two-possession one when prior in the season against a team like the Raiders, which is better, or the Ravens, which is better than the Eagles, you went into halftime, you know, with no points and and managed to come back. Like, it's just, I don't understand, you know, I'm not going to sell on Dan Campbell, you know, yet. It's way too early for all that. The roster sucks. Goff sucks. But it's like some of the he just makes decisions in game where it's just like he's kind of just like going with his gut, and it's just like that's the wrong, and he's just doing the wrong things a lot, and it's annoying. I I would venture to say, and maybe this is way off base, I would venture to say winning isn't the main priority in Detroit, and that's why he's doing that. I think he's thrown the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to to winning football games. I think it's all about momentum. It's all about seeing what type of team you have analyzing what type of guys you want to keep around for next year. Um, and I guess in that situation, it's objectively stupid to do that. Yes. But it's like, hey, let's go score a touchdown. Let's go score a touchdown because let's see if we can score a touchdown in this situation. That's the only thing I'd push back. I like Dan Campbell a lot, man. I think what Detroit has been doing, I think if you take like all the new coaching hires on teams that have just been bad, like the Texans, 
the Jets, the Lions, um, a couple other ones. They were talking about this on Gil Alexander's pod. I think Dan Campbell, although they haven't won a game, has been the coach that has been the most impressive, in my opinion. And uh, I'm, I'll stand by that, even after the drubbing the Eagles put on them. Obviously, I think that was the worst outing of the year for the, for the Lions. But like you said, Clap, I mean, the team's terrible, man. And Goff, this is the worst Goff has played in his already bad career. So, um, I don't know, man. I think uh, I think that they're analyzing a lot for next year, and they're trying to build something. Yeah. So. It's just it's just one of those things where I'm not gonna overreact to it now, but it it is a thing where he just mm-hmm. he does make decisions in game that if they were a team, you know, it, competing for a playoff spot, you would be enraged about. But they're not, so it doesn't matter as much. And it is just, but still, it's just concerning because it's like, is this gonna happen when the team is supposed to be better? Anyway, we Jared can move Goff, on. Jared Goff had uh, 1,995 yards halfway through the year. It's going to be a photo finish. He, uh, yeah, he's not going to play every game. Yeah, Yeah. he's not going to play every game. We're looking okay now. We're going to get saved by the bell. We're going to get saved by them. Well, the the uh, thing that you got to be concerned about is Hawkinson. Man, started off the year with two TDs. I don't think he's been in the end zone since. No, no, no. We're talking about the golf yardage. I know, but Lee's got a Hawkinson TD over. Uh, I've punted on that, man. Yeah. So because he scored a touchdown in the first two games and hasn't scored one since. So yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> Packers at the Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers. What a selfish prick that guy is, right? Oh, my God. Love it. Love it, man. I, I love Aaron Rodgers, man. Aaron Rodgers is based, man. I love Aaron Rodgers, like, man. I, I can't believe him. I, the, there's a report out there, I, I don't know if I'll believe it or not, but that he's just, like, enraged about the fact that his, like, vaccination status is now public. It's like, you're an idiot. Oh, I, like, what do you I think, think he's a, I think he's a smart guy. He's immunized, man. I, I mean, he's, I'm not. I'm not immunized. saying. I think he thinks he's smarter than everyone. That's what he thinks. And he tried to get the NFL to like change their COVID policy. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, let's we'll make a this. hard we'll, right we'll, turn. We'll save this for the the free thinkers uh, BJP uh, freestyle episode. Packers with Jordan Love, baby. The future of the Bosworth Yaps heading into Kansas City. Chiefs minus seven. Chiefs are like something. I think they're like five and fifteen against the spread in like the last two seasons. Now you got them at minus seven against Jordan Love. Um, better hope they win. Tease, 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 tease. This is this is this is the first leg of my favorite teaser of the year. I think this is. Uh, I mean, I yeah. Gotta take it. I'm gonna go use the, the restroom. You guys can keep talking. Uh, yeah, gun to head. Major I'd... pushback on this tease. Major pushback. <laughs> All right, major pushback the on this tease. To, to on, on the KC leg. Yep, major pushback. Let me hear it. Let me hear the case. I just don't. I just think the Packers are still really well coached. Obviously, Jordan Love is a huge downgrade from Rodgers, but like the Packers are a good team. They're going to be hungry. Uh, the Chiefs haven't proven they're good. Like, they, what are the Chiefs? The Chiefs. Won by three points against the Giants. What last would you week. line? What would you line this game? What do you line this game then? I don't know. Probably like five. Yeah, four Chiefs, and a half maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think the Chiefs are going to win the game? Probably, but I, I when I'm teasing, I want like closer to a sure thing, man. I I don't think the Chiefs are. I, I think the Packers still could win this game for sure. Yeah, I, I think, think if they Jordan could Love too, plays but... a good game. I think if Jordan Love plays a good game, he's playing against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. They're going to be able to run the ball. 
I know the environment will be raucous or whatever, but at what point does home field advantage really matter that much? I think if Jordan Love plays a plays a turnover free game, which we'll, we'll see, they're gonna the Packers are gonna win this game. I'm yeah. tired of this cheat. You're you're betting on the Chiefs of the past. No, this I'm not. No, Chiefs I'm not. Team, no, I'm not. This season's Chiefs team does not deserve. You know, any whose secondary is also not very good. Whose defense is not very good? The Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers secondary is. Eric Stokes has played really well. They still don't have Jair Alexander. It's They're significantly line. better than Kansas City. Yeah, defense. sure, but like I still am gonna, I'm still gonna back this Kansas City offense at the. This is a must-win game for them. They have to win this game, and I don't think that it's been a must-win. Every game has been a must-win game for them. Totally, basically. but I think that the, I think the Giants have a better defense in Green Bay at this at this point right now. And like I again, I don't know, man. I just like the Chiefs to win this game. I don't want to, uh, and also that's not even counting the fact that this is all granting Jordan Love like being average and not turning the ball over and just keeping their offense on schedule, which I think is. You were at Packers camp this year, Lee. You watched Jordan Love throw. You have hated Jordan Love the most out of any of us. I think this is a great spot where the market doesn't really know who Jordan Love is. And yes, all of those those things are true. I think Matt LaFleur is a good head coach. I still think they have Devontae Adams. This They're going to be able to score points on the Chiefs. But I think if the Kansas City Chiefs lose this game to the Green Bay Packers, I... I, I will just, not be surprised one lick. I will Will be. not be surprised be. at all, dude. The Chiefs all... How can you say you'd be surprised Tommy, about anything the Chiefs it. have done this year? Uh, how can you say you'd be I mean, surprised about anything the Chiefs it. have done? What is the, league the, is league going to put a lick on the Packers? Like, what do you? I have to no, just put no, a lick. I'm not putting a. I'm not putting a, not putting a lick you're on. You're not seeing a reality where the Chiefs. Uh, of course, there's a, of course there's a reality, but I think that I think that Sorry. if who who which quarterback means more to their team than Aaron Rodgers? I think that's a, another uh, good conversation. Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL in interceptions, and the Chiefs are objectively a middling team in the NFL this year. Yes, yeah. and the Packers so, without Aaron Rodgers are also a middling team that are worse than the Chiefs. The Chiefs are at home. I just like this is you know, dude. It's a teaser. Yeah. You're supposed to be on the right side. Yes. That's the point of the yes. teaser. I'm I telling understand. you that you're not as much on the right side as you may think you are. I All still right, think the Chiefs enough. are going to win the game. I just think there are a handful of other opportunities that I'd rather be teasing than taking the Chiefs down to a pick in this game. I'd rather tease the Browns up to 8.5. I'd probably rather tease the Cardinals up to 8. Like, I, yeah, I with just, Colt McCoy at quarterback? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting the best quarterback, and I'm getting them at their low, the lowest point they've been at the season, and I'm betting that they won't go lower, especially in this spot. I was gung-ho to back the Packers before Rodgers was out, was out, but now that Rodgers is out, in a spot where I thought the Chiefs were going to play up regardless to this. We've Packers also seen game. some teams rally around the, these COVID or, or injuries like Dallas and like the Jets or whatever. So I don't know. I think that even the, the defense is going to play. With, with Adams out, I would say too, I don't know what you guys said when I was um, out there for a second, but if you're the Green Bay Packers front office, I think you're secretly thrilled about the fact that Rodgers is out this week and he might be out next week due to COVID. You get a, you get a look at Jordan Love. And you're in control of your division. I mean, these games don't aren't too important to the Packers. They should cruise to an NFC North division championship when Rodgers gets back. And you potentially have a, a look at Jordan Love for two weeks to see what you have. And you know, Rodgers has made no secret that he's not necessarily committed to the Packers beyond this season. So uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. You know, Jordan Love's going up against a defense that isn't good. What can he do with that? So um, uh, this will be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. 
Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I think that Jordan Love is, you know, I, I will be pleasantly, I will bow my head if, if Jordan Love and the Packers can get this win in Kansas City. And Mahomes puts up another dud and Kelsey puts up another dud. And this offense doesn't get going against a, a Green Bay defense that I think is easily very beatable. They're a beatable defense. The offense hasn't gotten going all year. So they saying, haven't. So. They haven't. They have not. I just, what's know. the um, what's the what's, what's going on with uh, the Gore? This guy Gore, the the running back. Who's who is he? he came I don't out know. of I don't know. I don't know. Derek Gore. Crazy. He's, he looks like their starter now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cardinals. Also, man, Udor, I, Udor, go ahead, Lee. Sorry. I just want to say real quick. Maybe it's a little too premature, but. I don't know if you guys watched last night. Jonathan Taylor is a top five yeah. running back in the NFL, uh, no yeah, question yeah. in my mind. Uh, um, hand up on that one. I'll eat my yeah, there. That was I just that think was, uh, I overthought that one. He's he's yeah. just he's just so much fun to watch, and is just really a physical specimen and somebody that um, I don't know. Really got to tip my cap to that to that player. Kind of surprised in hindsight, even though being a running back, kind of surprised he fell to the second round. But um, anyway, Cardinals. Heading to the Niners, what's uh, Kyler's status? Is he's he... going to play. Yeah. I, I think he's going to play. All they're saying, he's not practicing all week, but Cliff Kingsbury said in the beginning of the week that he's comfortable with Kyler playing the game without getting any practice reps because he's getting mental reps and he's in year three in the system and he knows the system well enough. Um, me getting on my armchair psychologist or whatever, Kyler's uber competitive. I do not think he's going to sit this game out. It's a divisional game. They just lost their first game of the year. He's coming off a long week. I do not think you're going to see Colt McCoy playing in this game. I think I would be concerned if Colt McCoy is playing this game because it means Kyler's actually hurt, and I think that would be cause for concern that he might not play the next week because he might legitimately have a sprained ankle. I also think Kyler, from what I've read, and I've read more about Kyler than anyone in the league because he's my favorite player, this guy wants to prove to people that he doesn't need to run and use his legs to be a proficient quarterback in the NFL. I think this is a perfect opportunity to do it. They played the 49ers already this season, and the 49ers were the team most successful in limiting him as a runner. I think he's gonna, they're going to have a game plan where he can stay in the pocket and slice and dice it a little bit, and I expect them to do that, um, and I expect him to play. Not a game I'm interested, interested in taking a position in right now. I think the 49ers are rounding into form, really like what they did last week in Chicago, uh, most notably in the second half, being able to rally. Um, but if I had to pick this one, I'll, I'll take the Cardinals as an underdog uh, in Santa Clara, uh, you know, because obviously I think Kyler's going to play. I think if Kyler were to be playing this game, it'd be closer to a pick em. I like the Cardinals, too. Um, although, again, like we were kind of talking about the Chiefs, the Niners, a lot of these games, for them, they're another one of those NFC teams that could potentially sneak into that uh, mm-hmm. seven, seven spot. So this is, a, this is a big game for them as well. They probably don't have a chance to, to win the division. But. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, – yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think if Kyler is iffy, I don't think he should play. I think they have they, – they, I don't want to say they can afford to lose this game, but it's almost like the Dak situation where Kyler is – not only did he have the, he have the ankle injury, but he also had, was dealing with a, a shoulder too. I mean, he's just been banged up all year. Um, I mean, if he's healthy, then yeah, go for it. But I think this is a team that has to keep the, uh, the big picture in mind. And, you know, this is a San Francisco – these games are always close and, and physical – um, and San Francisco is kind of, I don't want to say they're hit, they're hitting their stride, but they, they have played well and were resilient in, in Chicago. And this, you know, this is a team that outplayed Arizona in the first match and, you know, we'll see, 
we'll see how it goes. I mean, yeah, this is a stay away from me. I think a lot of people were betting San Francisco throughout the week. I mean, this line opened at, uh, what was it, San Francisco minus, or Arizona minus two and a half. So we've, we've, we've flipped through, and a lot of that is Kyler speculation. Um, yeah, I, I would just play the dog in this game regardless, um, unless Colt McCoy is playing. I think Lee, you bring up a good, a good point with the tees, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know really what to think. I think San Francisco is a little bit hungrier than Arizona at this point. I think either team wins this game by a touchdown at most. I guess I'll leave it at yeah. that. Sunday night football, Titans going to L.A. to play the Rams. Obviously, we talked about this a little bit earlier with no Derrick Henry. Titans are plus seven and a half. Rams taking care of business last week uh, against the Texans. Fortunately, couldn't use them in Survivor because I had picked them earlier in the year and got screwed by uh, the Stripes in in New York. R.I.P. Survivor. uh, Tommy, are you out too? Yeah, I I took the Bengals last week, even though I, I, you know. I've been keeping yeah. track of my head, but I faced my fears. I, it was either Chiefs or Bengals, and I knew the Chiefs were probably like the more. When you, whenever you see forty-seven percent of people are picking a team, you always have to give pause and be like, "Okay, I'm going to go down with the ship if if, if they lose." <laughs> and it's just it's that much better if I don't pick them because if they do lose, then I'm ahead of the curve Ugh. because all those people got eliminated. Oh, man, it just sucks, man. The season always is better with Survivor, and then when you hear the word Survivor after you've gotten out, it's like a shrieking um, yeah. pain in the back of your head. Like, I, I just hate... Especially after last year where, where we were all out after week one because of the Eagles, yeah. and, and this year yeah. I had a nice little run going. And uh, I go, okay, sorry, Tommy. But anyway, yeah, you were out, what, like week three? <laughs> Or week six, that was a big. That was yeah. that was the football team, man. That was a big. That was a big win. That was weird yeah. The Eagles out. were up seventeen nothing at halftime. I was counting. I was Vernon counting Davis, my lucky like, stars. Like seven people and like, the, oh my god. Um, all right. Get, Anyways, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a flat seven minus one ten okay. on DraftKings for the Rams. I'll take that all day. If this thing gets a six and a half, I would up. I would upgrade it to one of my favorite plays of the week. I think Stafford the looks sick, man. Yeah, the Rams are awesome, I mean, dude. Stafford's really the like best what they're doing. Of his life. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some value on some Stafford MVP. Um, yeah. yeah, I agree. I sent you guys that metric or whatever. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was really interesting. I'd be, I'd, I'd be interested in that. Um, yeah, this is the second leg of my teaser. I love the Rams in this spot. I think if the Titans had this would be. Yep. Yeah, sorry, Tommy. This is the last leg of my teaser. I aforementioned. Continue. Yeah, I think this is kind of going to be the anchor for for teasers across Vegas and across the country and across the world. Um, this week, I think this is the the Rams are going to be a popular side. Global. global. Yeah, global. Um, you know, Titans without – I think, you know, for the whole – we're going to see how, how valuable Derrick Henry is to this team and what he's able to do for, you know, the play-action game and all that and how Tannehill is able to operate. It's going to be really interesting to see how this offense operates going forward without Derrick Henry. And, you know, it sucks that Derrick Henry is out, man. I, I, it really does suck. But, man, the dude has had just otherworldly usage for 10 years pretty much. So. Yeah. It's it's um, not exactly surprising, right? Not a, yeah, I, can't, I mean yeah, it was it was surprising that he had hadn't been hurt up until this point. Um, but yeah, I think the Rams really playing great football right now. Obviously, um, the Von Miller move, I you know I think it's it's a it's a win now move, and I think I do think they kind of have to win a Super Bowl to to justify it. But also the the Rams have been a team that hasn't really you know they've they've used the draft to get win now talent in. And they've banked on their uh, their later rounds, and they've if they've done well, you know, developing talent in house. So I can't really, you know, 
they, I feel like they, they seem to know what they're doing. But Von Miller obviously should be a great add to the a defensive line that already has Aaron Donald. So Rams. Part, uh, of, part of my big brain thinks it's good that Derrick Henry got hurt because then he can come back in like seven weeks and the Titans are inevitably going to make the playoffs. And then if yeah, he's like yeah. fully healthy, like in the, for their first playoff game, and that's when he comes back and he's playing against a bunch of guys who have played all year, that could be like super beneficial for them. Um, so And it's not like the Titans – have really a chance to get the one seed. So no. I think they're pretty, you know, set in stone that they're going to have that home playoff game. Yep. Like, so, yeah, I think that's a good point, Lee. Yeah. I, but, yeah, I, I think that I like the Rams in this spot, though, to win. I do, too, but I think it is worth, no, you know, mentioning, like, we saw the Titans do seem to play up in these underdog spots. Mm-hmm. They love being underdogs. And if... I mean, what would you guys think of the Titans if they beat the Rams? Because then, I mean, I know we said the Chiefs aren't that good, but they've beaten the Chiefs. I mean, they drugged the Chiefs. Yeah. They beat the Bills. They beat... I mean, that would be a... That'd be a full-blown... That'd be a full-blown, like, reassessment of how I feel about yeah. uh, the Titans if they were to beat the Rams. That would be... I think that might be the most impressive win of the year. I agree. I agree. I think if, if we're here on Monday morning and the Titans beat the Rams... I think it means that Tannehill is cooking without Henry and their offense is kind of Derrick Henry, quote unquote, doesn't matter too much to the to this offense's success. And the secondary is and the defense is able to is just overperforming with Vrabel because I mean there's huge cluster injuries to their secondary and and they're really going to be tested against this Rams offense. So obviously, yeah, if the Titans are able to pull off the outright win, that's going to be huge. Uh, is Danner going to this game? He is. Yeah, he is. I feel bad for the poor guy, man. Henry gets hurt the week yeah. before he's going to the game, but uh, I think I think he'll get over it. That guy, that guy was dragging his nuts on me after the Colts lost that game. I'm kind of like the in Danner's head. I'm like the Colts fan in his life because I'm always pushing back <laughs> against his Titans love, and I'm always saying the Colts are going to catch form. I actually it was funny. I texted him last night. Uh, he didn't respond. I said, uh, "Dude, the Colts look really good." <laughs> he obviously didn't respond i was like you should be scared the colts look really good tonight <laughs> anyway um i know i've said some things in the, in the past about my beliefs when it comes to you know teams you shouldn't sh- and shouldn't root for but a lot of respect for an la boy like daner choosing a team like the titans and uh loyally supporting them even as teams i watched it happen man hometown. vince young he was a vince young guy and that's when it all started and it hasn't stopped since so you got one of my earliest one of my earliest draft memories is uh, John Danner throwing a hissy fit when they drafted Chris Johnson. Yep. Yeah. One of my. They got this. He's like, who is this guy? Who's this bum from East Carolina? Who's this bum running back from East Carolina? He's got the jersey on like eight months later. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. man. Um. All right. Monday Night Football. Bears at the Steelers. Take the over. Hmm. That's what's what's. <laughs> Clep, explain yourself. It's too low. What is it? Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. I like. The I over. don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. I like the over. I like it. Give me the Bears plus six and a half. I was gonna man. say I think I think the Bears Ooh. plus six are the side. Give me the Bears, man. I'm I'm still not as much as I love the Steelers deep down in my heart. They haven't done enough to prove to me that they're that Ben Roethlisberger isn't going to continue to be the anchor that just drags them down. Um, I think this defense will present some issues for Fields, but man, was he impressive against the 49ers. Um, and you know, primetime game, underdog. 
I kind of like the the Bears in this spot, uh, getting six and a half points. Another another Better. angle where if, if this thing gets up to seven, that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I don't think it will. Low total, six point dog. You know, I I, I tend to agree. Um, like if the Bears, this is all hypothetical. If they if they win the toss and get the ball and score, and it's seven nothing, they're gonna cover six and a half. Like the, the Steelers, the Steelers aren't gonna go. Like I just yeah. don't see the Steelers scoring a barrage of points at any. Nagy's back though, so they're gonna be worse. That than is true. That is true. They should have fired Nagy after the after the game. They played awesome last week. Yeah. I mean, I know it was a, it was a tough loss, but I thought they played. That was really another well. game where I bet the I bet the over in that game. So, and they scored like fifty five points. That was like a that was a sharp over though. There was a lot of people on that over. Oh okay. Well, I'm I think a sharp guy. You're you are a good sharp call, guy. Clip. That is that was. I don't deal. Call. I don't deal in totals. I'm like five hundred in my life in totals, and I just can't shake it. I just can't shake how five hundred I am. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I like the Bears too. Um. Two best rookie running backs in the league going up against each other. I mean, what more could you want? What more could you want? You know. Uh, I know we talk. I mean, we've we've talked a lot of picks already. We can do some picks. Yeah, we got some good. Yeah. We got some good energy. This pod boys. We can also just just chat. <laughs> yeah, ca- I think we're all caffeinated. We're all caffed up. We, we are all caffeinated. Shout out Starbucks. It's They're Friday. gonna change that law. Oh yeah, I want to do. I want to do. Uh, what is the name of this? I wanted to shout out. Uh, oh, later days. Shout out later days. Cold brew coffee. Uh, okay. Lo- supporting local business in Redondo Beach. They had a they had a booth at Whole Foods yesterday. Uh, I got some later days uh, coffee. How many ounces did you get? I got a, um, I think a thirty-two ounce jug, or something like that. How much was it? Twelve bucks. And but, see, you're not getting value. No, I know. I know. Getting, I'm not, I know. Okay. I'm not getting supporting value. local I'm not, businesses. They, I'm okay. Supporting sure. local no, 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 no. I get it. I get and it. They gave yeah. me. They also gave me a, a nitro brew and a, a another little small cold brew for free. So, good people. If you want value and you're not going to make cold brew, you go to Trader Joe's and you get the red and blue cold brew. I know Clark yep. knows all about it. You That's the 40, best, dude. It's better than the Starbucks one. I, yeah, I'm I think it's quite good. Well, and yeah. I believe it's forty ounces. You're getting or yeah. forty ounces for for, for four fifty, and a venti cold brew at Starbucks is is four fifty, and you're getting twenty ounces. Yeah, that's well, if you well, go. You, that's if you go no no ice too. You go, you go no, no ice, ice, you get too. the trenta. You get the trenta no ice, Tommy. You don't get venti. You get oh. trenta. You get thirty ounces. There's this is what I've been telling you guys. There's I know. A yeah, size you get above venti. There's a size above venti. I get it okay. every two days. I get my order at Starbucks here in Ann Arbor, and it's all right. Well, then the, the, the picture still, I sent was was fraudulent. I was uh, I was I thought I was breaking the system. No, you no, get the I, I do the venti. Trenta. I do the venti's club. I don't think I don't. Okay. You know, no, you do the trenta and then you pour it out into another glass and you keep whatever. I know, you don't but I drink. like I like to just drink a venti. Because I, I pace it, I break fast at two. I get my venti at whatever time in the morning, and I pace it throughout the, throughout the morning. I think that I, I you can you're getting more than a vent. You can still do the pacing. Keep one of your venti cups after you finish it, and pour it into your venti cup if you want a venti, and pace it. I'm yeah, telling you, no, but, the, but, I'm telling but you, still the value is still on the Trader Joe's side because you're getting forty <laughs> ounces for four fifty, so you're getting more than the Trenta for less of the price. So, okay, I can I can admit that, but I haven't tried it, so I don't know if it's as good. I don't know if the product is as good. You have to good. you have to take into account that I do like Starbucks cold brew. I do like later I do like Starbucks I'm effectively getting sixty ounces of cold brew for ten dollars, which is a pretty good deal. 
you know, in comparison to the, to usually if you get cold brew concentrate at the store and it's not Trader Joe's, like yeah. if you get the local cold brew, you're going to get, you're going to get 30 ounces for 15 bucks or 16 And bucks. And the, you can never really get it right. No. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get the, really the get mix right. right. Yeah. And, the, you know, the cold brew, there's a process to it that you can't replicate at home. As yes, easily. You can. You can well, you can. You can, but it takes effort. It does take effort, and you need kitchen space to yes. really effectively. As, I, as I guess a, someone, as opposed an expert to a hot can argue coffee. with me. But as opposed yeah. to a hot coffee situation. You kind of need kitchen space. You kind of need a deep sink. You need you need a well, cheesecloth. Yeah. I just you know. I just saw this product, this blue bottle uh, cold brew maker little cup thing, but it's you can't do that much. It's like sixteen or twenty ounces, but you can make. Hmm. It's some sort of a device. Well, you gotta then you then you gotta you gotta hammer like three hours of cold brew out and just jar it. Put it away. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I would do it. Um, we getting into some picks here. Yeah, let's 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 throw some picks out. Um, I've made I've pretty much made my my plays for the week. Uh, I'm on the Texans. Okay. I'm on the Texans. You are club. Yes, I am. Uh, I think I'm at plus six. So I'm on the Texans, and then I'm also like Lee. I am on uh, the Chargers. I put a I put a two unit play on the Chargers, and then I had a. $20 free bet that I did on the, the Chargers and the Chiefs parlay on the spreads. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, actually, I did want to go ahead. You guys can go ahead because I have a parlay I want to I wanna put out there. Tommy, you can go. Um, well, yeah, I, have made my, I made my three bets known. I need to make my Bills first half bet, and I was wondering if you guys could do some shopping for me and find me the best number on Bills first half. If uh, I think at mine, I got Bills half, first half, minus 7, minus 125, I believe. If I can get anything better than that, um, I could take that. Basically, I'll I think I think the Bills are just going to come out and, and you know, they're, they're, that first half is going to be uh, – I think first first halves are usually how you want to attack big big favorites. Like we saw last week with the, the Rams, Rams-Houston first half. Uh, and the Houston ended up backdooring that and covering, but the first half is usually where the most, um, you know, sense of urgency is on on the on the heavy team, heavy heavy favorited team. Lee, do we have a do we have a status on the the Rutgers withdrawal? Is Lee gone? Oh, Lee's gone. We left. Lee's gone. Um, yeah, congrats on your guys, Rutgers. Bet. Yeah. Um, season Still win waiting, total. Waiting, waiting for the money. Yep. There's nothing like cashing a win total in November. Yeah. <laughs> Feels great. Um, I don't, maybe, is that something that they don't pay out until the end of the year? Usually I think you get paid out, but maybe not. Okay. Maybe not. You should ask Lee about that because I don't know where you guys oh. placed it with. Um, yeah, I'm now, I'm now looking at Bell's minus seven, minus one thirty. So geez, that's, uh, that's really gone up. Yeah. Um, hmm. All right, sorry guys. You're gonna leave. What's facilities. the what's the Rutgers status? Is what there, do you mean? What's the Rutgers is there, status? Is there a withdrawal? Did you or did they pay? It oh out no, yet? we won't get paid out till the end of the okay. year. I was, okay. It doesn't. Yeah, that stuff it doesn't, doesn't hit happen until the end. Time. All right. If gotcha. you need the money, no, I can I send it to you now. I was just I was just asking. Yeah, but yeah, no, Club. We should have announced that at the beginning big of the podcast. Big win. Yeah, big win on we, Rutgers. We hit the window, man. Yeah, it's, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. It's, it's nice to see, you know, it's nice to see it come together, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, it was, it was, you, you were sending me some, oh, you tweeted out from, from your account in July 
Yeah. About some of your plays that you're taking, and I texted you, and I was like, "Hey, this, this Rutgers thing seems low. I, I saw them yep. beat up my my least favorite team, Michigan, last year. You know, I'll take a bite out of this three and a half. And hey. then you told me about the the first three weeks of the season, and I was like, "This thing's yep. a shoeing." Lee, did the you the win uh, against Syracuse is huge in yeah. hindsight. Lee, did Tommy, you bet? Did you bet UMass win total over? No, I wish I did. Was it one and a half? It was one and a half minus one fifty. Oh, so they've so got one the, win. The, win. the win against UConn was huge. They now the rest. Of, if I'm not mistaken, they still play two FBS teams. They play Holy Cross. I'm looking at their play, schedule right now. They play Rhode Island, Maine. Yep. Army yep. and uh, New Mexico State. They're not going to beat Army. They can beat New Mexico State. They're going to win three games. They should beat Rhode Island, right? They they in should Maine? be. They're going to beat Rhode Island. They're going to be. They're going to win. They're, they'll win at least one of those FCS games. They're not going to lose both. They're going to uh, eclipse it. The UConn win was huge because the UConn was kind of the toss up. Um, yeah, they're going to eclipse it. I, I I like I said last week. I, I, I with the at the risk of bragging, my my handle on the futures for college football have been very awesome. Clep, I know you 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 were a little worried for me after that Virginia Tech week one yeah. win against North Carolina, but they've completely um, okay. You know that's, that's good. They've completely they've completely fallen apart. So so things are looking good. I'll give a solo pod recap of my of my futures after like I did before the season after the season's over. Um, but getting to some of the plays I have already submitted, I've got three units on on the Chargers guys. This is the, my biggest play I've had. Um, I was fortunate enough to have some good parlay weeks, uh, the past two or three weeks in college football and in the pros. And so I'm putting, I'm, I'm going back to unit betting just for this game because I'm so confident in the chargers. Um, and then I have a three team money line parlay. Okay. Uh, I've got New York giants money line. Cleveland Browns money line and the New England Patriots money line. And that's half a unit to win four units. So, um, I'm sorry, give me those three teams again. It's all one o'clock games. It's Giants, Browns, Patriots, three teamer. Um, so I've got that. And then, um, I'm going to be placing a wager on the Rams minus seven. And I have my, uh, teaser, which the first leg already hit with Colts minus four, and the and the remaining two legs are uh, Browns plus eight and a half and Rams minus one and a half. Okay, I'll I'll uh, I've made my uh, the bets that I have so far right now are I have the Chargers minus one, minus one twenty for two units, um, and I then have the John Mouse teaser. Greatest show on turf teaser. Yeah, well. The Chiefs minus one and a half and the Rams minus one and a half for two units. Um, really excited about that one. I'm going to be eating serious crow next next pod if that uh, – it's going to be – I'm actually going to be quite depressed if that one doesn't hit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, that's the, uh, the, ex- that's, that's week, the so. existential crisis uh, bet. Yeah, that is an that existential is crisis bet. Yeah. Um, I'm – I'm telling you guys to get on my three-team one o'clock parlay right now while it's hot because okay. when the Giants when the Giants win that game at MetLife oh, on Sunday. All right, you know what? I'll, I'll do this live on the pod. I'll put five bucks on it. Yep, yep. We're gonna be jamming a little bit when we I'll get that five. Giants win oh, okay. at MetLife. The Browns bounce back win. Bounce buck. 
in Cincinnati, and then the Patriots just mopping the floor with P.J. Walker-led uh, Panthers. Um, also, if anyone's interested in uh, Sheba, uh, it's, it's been oh, down God. a little bit. And, we're not, uh, we're it, not chilling it, cryptos it, it, it's, on it's this cl- It's climbing back up. And then I'll also throw out there uh, the Meta ETF. Okay. Meta. ETF, e- ETF uh, with, with a bunch of uh, companies that are investing in the Metaverse. Mm, okay. Get it at fifteen bucks. Fifteen bucks right now. Also, uh, can I give out? Can I give out a slew of college plays? Uh, also, give me one. Give investing. me one second. I wanna. I wanna uh, put in. I wanna uh, share my my totals parlay. Oh yes. Uh, t- Tommy, go first though. Invest in Chainlink. Also. Okay. Um. I'm now the only member of this podcast who have not chilled a crypto, and you'll never hear me do it. <laughs> you'll never hear me do it. Uh, hang on a second. Let me uh, let me place this bet. We're going. We're going Giants. Uh, who was the other teams? Giants, Browns, Patriots. Browns, You'll be Patriots. done. Your hands will be clean of it by the by the end of the one o'clock window, and you will be a richer man. Okay. Uh, I'll go seven dollars because that was my number senior year of high school. Yep. Glory Seven days. to win fifty. All right, the bet is in. Oh, and I get to spin the parlay wheel on win bet. Yep. For a potential boost. Let's see. The wheel is spinning. Riveting. The wheel is spinning. Five percent boost. That's the one you usually get. All right. There we go. Um, As if it's actually a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> that's just big. That's just Big Brother. Um, all right, my, my totals parlay, all right, we've got the, the Patriots and Panthers over 41, and then we've got the, the Falcons and Saints over 42, both of those in the one o'clock window, and then we got the, uh, the Monday night over 39 in the, in the Bears-Steelers game, which, uh, if, if I've hit the first two, I will be hedging. It's a $10 bet to win $70, so... God, I, I hate hedging so much. I, I hate making a bet with the intent to but hedge But it's because it. it's because I – well, I'm not making the – I mean, I'm saying if those two hit because I, I kind of sprinkle around a couple parlays every week, right? So I'll yeah. put like 20 bucks on different parlays, $2, $10, $3, and, and then I want to get – you know, I want to make a profit off of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So you should be working for Barstool with all the overs you're giving out, Clap. <laughs> you're, the, you're Mr. Otis. I wouldn't work for a misogynistic company like that. Oh yes, of course. Um, Great reporting. Right, I'm giving out insider this week. Classic. That's a hit piece. Classic 20, uh, 21st century journalism, right there. Yeah, it is classic 21st century journalism. That's that's another thing we're gonna have to save for the uh, for the current events pod that we're gonna yeah. be doing at some point. Um, what do you think of uh, What do you think of bringing on Crehan next week for the pick spot? He's been sending me a couple uh, every once in a while. He'll tell me what he's doing. I, I love that. I mean, Crehan is Crehan and I. I mean, Crehan and I had a bonding night in Logan Square when your guys' IDs got all turned down, and, and Crehan and I, Crehan and I were twenty one, and, and that's the night the boys were separated from the men. And Crehan and I had we we had a boys' night in in Logan Square. So uh, me and Crehan are, are are basically blood brothers for that. So you, uh, you reminded me of something I wanted to say. Uh, I'll say off here. But after okay. the pod, reminded me I have something to say about Chicago. All right, I'm giving a rundown, guys. All right, let's hear it. College I'm football picks, right? College football picks. Here they yep. come. Um, Ole Miss minus eight and a half, uh, hosting Liberty. SMU minus four at Memphis. Georgia Tech plus ten and a half, and a sprinkle on the money line against Miami. 
Uh, Tulsa plus 23.5 against Cincinnati. Penn State minus 9.5 at Maryland. West Virginia, West Virginia plus 3.5 and Moneyline hosting Oklahoma State. Mississippi State plus 5 and Moneyline at Arkansas. Iowa minus 11.5. Boise plus 5 and Moneyline at Fresno. Houston minus 12.5 at South Florida. Clemson minus 3.5 at Louisville. And Oregon minus 7 at Washington. That, that runs down my, my college football plays um, for the weekend. Lee, who's QB1 right now? It's a great question, man. Carson Strong. Carson Strong? Yeah, I would say Carson Strong. Who's the consensus QB1? I don't even read think, enough to know. I think Corral is kind of the consensus QB1 right now. Yeah, that's, that's bad news bears, man. We're going to have some trouble come draft season. Yeah, I think Corral... Uh, you know, what is? Uh, I think I I famously don't really get involved in in the draft until once the Lions have played their last game of the season. What's the what's the uh, overall outlook on the class as a whole? Is it a talented group? Edge, edge and corners. I think there's a lot of depth. I also I think there's think, a lot of depth in this draft. Yeah, it seems. Um, I need to do some. Uh, shout some out Jordan work. Reed. Shout out Jordan Reed. Yeah. Going to ESPN, it's crazy how the the, the twenty eighteen like twenty nineteen draft network uh, crew is now just yeah. just flourishing. We should um, uh, fill out our resumes. Yeah, we should. They're probably hurting for people. I mean, Solak's gone, Sikkim's gone. Yep. Uh, now Reed is gone. Yep. There's Kyle, no one else really there. Reed's boy Kyle Krabs holding it oh, okay. down now. Krabs, <laughs> it's just Krabs and Marino. Who else is there? I don't know, man. They've had some, I don't know. They had they had some some interns that are idiots. Yeah. One of their one of their guys gave the Lions Stingley in a in a future mock. And I you know, I know it's not cool to be the guy that like craps on mocks from, from September, but like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. I think Corral just because He also gave him after the Okuda injury. And he was like, He'll go great with Okuda. It's like what are you what are you talking about? Amani Oruari is the future, and we got Piedmont, which is Unbelievable that that guy hasn't seen the field yet. Unbelievable. I've got. I. It's yeah. I've given up. Um, yeah. Right, Tom, any any last uh, picks, Tommy? You want to throw out there? Yeah, I, I'm. I need to find a, a good price on the Bills first half. I'll tweet it out. But okay. yeah, those are going to be my three picks. Um, Matt Corral is the number one quarterback. Well, it's Man. it seems like a far gone conclusion right now that Thibodeau is going to be the first pick. I mean, if you if you think that he's not going to be the first pick, you should be betting on uh, some of these quarterbacks now before they really start to get hyped up. I think Malik Willis um, no. will be the first QB taken. God, Malik's still my Malik's still my favorite. This is I a big think game. That would be that would be a terrible terrible decision by a team to draft him in the first round. You think you think Carson Strong is the only first round quarterback right now? I would draft Sam Howell before Corral and Malik Willis and Carson Strong before those guys. Mm. Malik Willis is purely a project. I don't know why people think that he's just going to get plugged into the – he's not Lamar Jackson. Like, he's not. So He's got unbelievable arm talent, though, and is a good athlete. No, no, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. Where are you getting this information yeah, from? Yeah, he does. I'm saying his pure arm strength is – he has an NFL arm easily. Any quarterback who's going to get drafted in the NFL should have an that's NFL not, arm. That's not that's not true necessarily. Sam Howell has an NFL arm. 
Yeah, Carson Strong has an NFL arm. Yeah, they do. Spencer Rattler has an NFL arm. Yeah, they like, do. I, so there's there's quarterbacks who have NFL arms. You're going to need more than that. Yeah, I just totally. Think, I think the intangibles with Malik Willis are higher than both Howell and Strong, though. I think you're pulling that out of your butt. <laughs> I don't really think that you. No, it's just when you have yeah, when just, you have that skill set as a as an athlete and what he can do from a mobility standpoint and the arm talent, which obviously needs work. He's now he's nowhere near a finished product as a as a passer. I just think it gets he's, a, teams, he's objectively a worse pat thrower of the football than Howell and Strong. I think that I, there's really not much of an argument there, and he's playing against inferior competition. Yeah, Trey Lance is probably a worse throw of the football than Sam Howell and Carson Strong. Well, now we're talking about a completely oh, different. No, I'm just, player. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying a guy that you like to as a project. I'm just trying to, you know, like. Okay, I'm do you to want to argue about or... that? Do you want because I don't think that's necessarily true. So you're just kind of throwing that out there. I don't, I don't think know, I'm man. throwing that think... out there. I think you probably think Carson Strong is a better thrower of the football right now than Trey Lance is. Yeah, I think Carson Strong is a better thrower than Trey Lance. I think that Trey Lance, there's a much better argument to be made for Trey Lance being a better thrower of the football than there is for Malik Willis, without yeah, question. Yeah, I, I, I would probably, I'd probably agree with you. So, I'm just saying the, the tools are there. That's all, that's all that I'm saying. The tools are there in the yeah, NFL teams. Yeah, but that's a non-statement. The NFL teams. That's a, saying NFL the tools teams, are there is a non-statement. The tools not. are there for Spencer Rattler, too. Yeah, but it doesn't Spencer really Rattler mean, has like, been awful this year, and Malik Willis hasn't. Yeah, I mean, sure, but I don't know. I, I think that the situations are different. I think that, I don't know. I, I just don't really know what Malik Willis has like, proven that puts him in the category of being. I just think there's a lot of hype surrounding that surrounding that projection. There's not a lot of substance. It's it's much more uh, a hype and kind of yeah, that's, that's, noise. That's probably true. A lot true, of sizzle, but, no stake. Well, it's, it's, a, a, down, sizzle, no it's a down quarterback year, and you're going to have a choice between – Guys that might not have as high of, of a ceiling or going for going for the ceiling. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's way too... Yeah, I just don't think Willis even has that high of a ceiling. I think that's like a fairy dust prediction that he's going to all of a sudden become super accurate and his athleticism is all going to be used in the right way because a team will draft him and that will work. It's like, I just don't... I think he has bad tendencies. I think he relies too much on his athleticism against inferior competition and it works. But I just think if you put him on a level playing field, he's not going to be a standout quarterback. Yeah, I just we'll don't see. think. It's early, man. Big, big, big week this uh, this weekend. Yeah, it's all mess. It's a big week. All right, Syracuse. Syracuse already did their business on him. <laughs> That's all Lee yeah. needs to see. Yeah, to be. That was that was a bad game. <laughs> Nick you Rose, Monroe. Nick Vertle. Nick Vertle. QB one. Is that his name, Vertal? Verdal? Oh yeah, Noah Noah Vedral. Noah Vedral. Sorry, and the the kid. Who's that kid that came in and threw that across his body pass? Dude, that's Gavin Wimsat. Yeah, he, he's, I, like a, I he's like dude, a. I had. He's like a high school. He reclassified. He's a high school. He reclassified. Kid. Yeah, I didn't even know he reclassified. He's one of those 2022 guys, and this Rutgers has like the number 12 recruiting class next year, and this kid reclassified. Uh, Dude, uh, yeah, Shiano's building something there in uh, the birthplace of college football. How about Cedric Wilson's dot last Sunday? That was an awesome throw. He's like the new Mohamed Sanu. Maybe he's got maybe like he should get drafted rating. next year. Is the is the number one quarterback? He's got an NFL arm now. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He's got all the arm talent and the intangibles. He's a great athlete too. <laughs> oh.
Um, all right. Anything else, boys? Should the Lions uh, use their waiver claim on Odell? No. no. The Raiders yeah. should get Odell, right? Chiefs. Chiefs. I guess so. I don't know if they can afford it's... that distraction. Well, they can't. They can. They need to get. They their offense is really bad. Like Sammy, the loss of Sammy Watkins is, I think, a little. I mean, obviously they're having a lot of issues, but they if teams are just doubling Tyreek and Kelsey, and they have no answers. You know, Nicole Hardman and, and Byron Pringle aren't gonna aren't gonna cut it. Anything else, boys? I think uh, that wraps it up. It's good for me. Solid pod. Uh, I'm chopping. Stop chopping. Q stay scheming.